Hello world, this is Blackstone Finn with the What's My Point podcast. Today's topic is social media. I just watched, uh, this week I watched a documentary called The Social Dilemma. Highly recommend it. Um, And it gave me food for thought and it also kind of validated for me some things I've observed on my own. Uh, I used to be on social media quite a bit years ago. And then I went dormant for a long time. And then, as I've mentioned before, I came back onto social media for the purposes of advertising and kind of doing my own marketing for my new book series. And as a self-published author, we have to, I have to, (laughs) there's no we here, I have to rely on my own marketing. I have to do my own um, advertisement for getting the word out on my books. So I went back to social media to do that. And that was at the recommendation, the very wise recommendation of my friend Maya. So shout out to Maya for giving me some really good feedback on publishing and the importance of marketing. So I learned a lot in doing that. And I was doing that in mostly the summer, June, July, after my book came out in May, I, I got on social media. Now, I noticed that on Instagram especially, I just scroll and scroll and scroll. Because I like pretty pictures. I mean, who doesn't, right? So, or a cute puppy photo or a funny video or something like that. Um, And I found myself just doing a huge, I mean, the addiction level on social media is a real thing. It's designed that way. And that's what this documentary talks about, about how it has, because they use machine learning, Um, it gets stronger every year and the more data that it has to crunch on the more dangerous and I mean that seriously it literally gets into your brain stem I mean people become uh, like nuts when they can't be around their social media it actually changes the way your brain functions they're uh, you know just like a rat in a cage hitting the dopamine button it just it, it knows what it's, it keeps working, it's designed to work to create dopamine bursts in the brain and all this kind of thing. So it got me thinking, I mean, I've been trying to balance this. I got the second book out in September. I'm working on my third book now. So social media is a reality. You know, I'm blogging, I'm doing this podcast. Social media is a reality. It's a, it's a necessary evil in my life right now. And I really am struggling with how much to be on it. Because let me tell you another thing that happened. I have some really great friends. I have some really, I mean, amazing people that have done, um, I mean, like take for instance, Maya and Tom, they have lived all around the world. They have educated their children around the world. They took them out of American schools very young years ago back in the early aughts, Um, and they've grown up into these amazing, amazing, wonderful adults, and, you know, speaking multiple languages, being exposed to many cultures around the world, just really well-rounded kids in an amazing family. Now, I love looking at their posts. I love looking at where they are and how they're traveling, and most recently, I have uh, some other friends who are doing a similar thing, where they're traveling around the world, and they're Living in different parts, living in different parts of the world, and uh, educating their kids in other schools, and 
I look at that, and but then inevitably, after about 15 minutes of looking at all these wonderful other people's lives, I start comparing my own. Oh, gosh, I wish I lived over there. Oh, man, I really wish I had a family. Why didn't I have kids? That was so stupid that I didn't have kids. You know, and I start comparing myself to these friends of mine. And that's just a really, um, it's not a good place to be. But then I saw, now I'm happy for them. I'm not saying I'm not happy for them. There's a difference between, um, like there's this weird kind of toxicity that happens on the internet. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking just about how you can look at someone else's life and be happy for them, but also kind of, it makes you look at your own life and go, wow, I really made some mistakes. I wish I had made different choices when I was in my 20s than I did. And so it can cause a kind of sorrow, you know, sorrow for one's own choices and regret. Um, and that's not a good place to be. It's, it's good to repent of one's sins, I think. It's good to atone for one's sins and repent and acknowledge mistakes made. But there's also a huge importance on moving forward. And I think that, especially after watching this documentary last night, I'm scared for the next generation. I mean, we're looking at Gen Z right now with um, the first generation to fully grow up on iPhones, on smartphones, on Instagram, on social media. Social media is different than one example that they use in the documentary. Photoshop doesn't ping you. They don't entice you back in if you've been away for a while. The example they gave that was so good of how social media works is they will, uh, the algorithm will, will ping you and say, oh, your friend commented on your post or so-and-so has a new photo posted and they don't put the photo in the email. Now, it'd be make, it would make a lot of sense to actually have the photo right there. But the whole point of that photo or that notification is to be a hook to get you to log back in or to get you to, to you know, scroll through and look at the photo and then stay in there. Um, what do they call it? They, they call it the attention economy. I never heard that expression before. The attention economy. And I've worked in software. I worked in software for years. And I know that there is a, you know, there, I know about drop off rates and all that kind of thing. But no, that's how the money is being made is this attention economy. And so I'm really, I'm really struggling with how to be in that world as much as I need to be and not get hooked into it. Um, and and I, I guess I'm still figuring that out. But I had also done some study on dopamine fast because your brain, uh, uh, the human brain will change. It will, in becoming addicted to social media and what it does to, to one's brain, the it's kind of like kind of like a sugar hit. It's kind of like being addicted to sugar. So I'm gonna call it uh, I'm gonna call it technology sugar. So if you post something on social media and you get a like and then you get a notification of that like now one thing you can do and actually Tim Ferriss who's a podcaster that I've followed since 2010. I mean Tim Ferriss is He's one of the original podcasters, amazing, amazing entrepreneur, Silicon Valley, angel investor, really interesting guy, 
super knowledgeable on a lot of things. Uh, he dives deep like I do when he does research. He just dives deep and goes into everything. And one thing he figured out was um, turn off your notifications. If you turn off your notifications, then you are not a slave to the product, but you will go into it when you want to. And notifications can be extremely distracting at work. You know, if your phone's pinging at you and you're in a meeting and you feel it vibrate in your pocket or on the table or whatever, and it's like, oh, I wonder what that is. Um, and I've, I've been on both sides of that fence. I've, I've gone through periods, um, I think in 2009, 2010. I mean, I was one of the people who got my company, the company I worked for, my, my employer. I actually got a lot of people in that company on Facebook <laughs> back in 2008. I remember we had this huge snowstorm and I was getting on Facebook and I was like, oh, and I was emailing people at work. I'm like, you got to check this out. It's so cool. Um, and then about 2013, I figured out how toxic it was and how distracting it was. And um, I was a little bit ahead of the curve for that. And I got off of it and I went dormant for a long, long time on social media. Um, but now I have to, I have to be back. It's, it's a reality. It's like, it's like you can go without driving a car for a certain period of time, but there's, you know, cars are a reality that aren't going away, you know. So um, it's a way to get around on the Internet is social media and get your word out there. So I'm really, you know, if anybody has any ideas on this, you know, please contact me on my website. Um, but what I think I'm going to do for the next two weeks, because I can already feel it happening, uh, I just got on another social media site and I mean, it's not at all what I expected. So it's just like a little, just keeping it real, you know, I'd much rather be in real life than in the virtual world. And, um, I'm much happier when I'm not on social media and although I do love to see what people are doing and send them like, you know, claps or hearts or whatever and say, hey, and give encouragement, I think that's the one thing that I like about it is I feel like I can encourage and celebrate people and what they're doing on social media. I think it's a great avenue for that. Um, but for me, number one, it's a huge time sink because I'm so visually, I can get visually pulled into beautiful images or adventure or, um, I mean, you know, give me an expat in Paris and I'm done. Right. So just, <laughs> it's just, uh, easy to please over here. Um, and I, so I'm really trying to work on figuring this out. Like how do I stay in this and yet not be addicted to it? Like the other night, a friend of mine posted of very philosophical rant on Facebook. And, um, you know, she, she and I were talking on the phone and she asked me, would you look at this? And I said, you know, I don't respond online. I don't comment or like generally. So, um, I'll read it and then tell you what I think. And that's what I did. I went in and I logged into Facebook and I read her post and it was very thoughtful and very moving. And then I called her back and I said, Hey, I just read it. And this is what I think. And, you know, um, that was a much more fruitful interaction, actually, because we were able to talk about it on the phone. You know, we were able to talk about it. It was a very painful 
thought-provoking post that she had written and and we were able to discuss it and say hey you know I'm sorry you're going through that and I'm here I'm your friend if you ever need to talk and I hear you I can relate to this I understand and there could be like a real human interaction whereas if I just go in there and I like it or comment you're missing a whole you're missing the humanity right social media I mean you got to remember it's all about money it's the god of money that is the idol. So, you know, if, if, uh, if the powers that be in Silicon Valley think that they can get um, young kids to buy a certain product or wear certain makeup, they're going to do it. They're going to be pushing that on Instagram. And I, again, this documentary was very, very uh, informative and they had, you know, the real people, the engineers from Google, the engineers from Facebook, uh, initial people who were involved in Instagram. And I remember when Instagram first came out, I mean, I was an early adopter way back before it was even called Instagram, before it was owned by Facebook, I was an early adopter. And I also want to give a shout out to Chase Jarvis because Chase Jarvis was the first guy on the scene with the best camera is the one that's with you and it's and he had the best camera app and he had the best camera social site and everything else and the ability to post a photo and then put a filter on it and Instagram mysteriously looked a lot like Chase Jarvis's stuff and then they all went to court um, that's a really interesting case in and of itself but um, he's doing fine he's a he's an amazing guy too Chase Jarvis and Tim Ferriss if you're into technology if you're into creativity and self-employment <laughs> those guys are the I mean they're just they're just so broad and very knowledgeable and inspiring on many levels highly recommend both of those gentlemen to watch or listen to or read their books um, so now I'm kind of rambling a little bit so here's what I'm going to do uh, I'm in I'm working on book three right now, and I'm going to basically do a dopamine, what they call a dopamine fast and stay off of social media for the next two weeks. So I think two weeks from today is the 21st. Is that right? So the 21st of October, I'll, I'll get back on. Um, but what I have to do is I have to basically uninstall the apps, log out, uninstall the gosh darn little things, and not even have them on my devices because that's how addicting they are. Another thing that I've done to reduce the attractiveness of these sites and their stickiness, as they call it, is I change my screen to black and white. If you have, and most all devices now have accessibility features, and you can go in and change the visual appearance of your screen. I highly recommend that. You go into accessibility features and change the display to grayscale. Now when my display is grayscale, I notice it's easier on the eyes. It's more relaxing. Because the, the colors, that's part of the design of the product, is the colors are actually designed to hook you in as well. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I found really disturbing on this documentary I watched is the increase in mental uh, disturbance with young people. 
and aren't we seeing that in real life? So they actually talked about how you can manipulate entire groups of people, and I don't want to be political on this podcast, so I'm just going to say that in general, if you can manipulate an entire population to believe a certain thing or to make enemies, it's very dangerous, very dangerous. Um, I think that people should talk to their neighbors. I think that people should be IRL in real life. Connect with the friends in person. Talk to them on the telephone. Do FaceTime with them or video chat or um, Skype so that you're actually communicating that way. But communicating on social media is just, it's just so toxic. I mean, sometimes I'm on social media and then I feel like I have to just, there's just so much anger and I guess Twitter is like the worst in terms of just vitriol. You know, it's just uh, so much hate out there. Um, And so I try to have an attitude of gratitude. And I notice that my attitude of gratitude can change the longer I'm on social media. And um, so as a writer, I need to really protect my intellectual space. I need to be able to be creative and I need to dig deep and write some very intense things and create some wonderful scenes and go into that place of mystery that is creativity. And I'm finding that social media can really infringe on that if I let it. So I'm going to do a fast posting this podcast. I haven't done one in a long time. I had a couple different ones that I had sketched out and then decided not to post them because they were just too, um, they were just kind of more for me, I guess, than anything anybody would be interested in listening in to, uh, listening to, I mean. Um, All right. So if you want to join me in a dopamine fast for a couple weeks, Uh, I was going to say you can reach me on Twitter, but you won't be able to. Uh, There's a contact contact area on my website. And if you really want to reach out to me, you know how to to get to those things. Um, And if you want to join me, and for those of my friends who know how to reach me directly, go ahead and text me if you want to join me in this dopamine fast for two weeks. So basically two weeks without any social media. And and I'm including YouTube and podcasts in that as well, because I am a consumer of podcasts and I'm going to cut that off as well. And basically, if I want to speak to someone, I'm either they're either in my life and I'm speaking with them or I'm on the phone. Um, I'm not going to be reaching out on uh, on social media directly. So that's what I'm going to try. And I'm also going to, here's another aspect of that experiment. This is kind of following Philippians, where it's like, you know, focus on the good, the true, the beautiful. I'm going to listen to really awesome, old-fashioned, classical music. 
for two weeks and see how that goes. If I, I did it this morning, I used to, when I was in graduate school, I used to wake up in the morning and, and have uh, Mozart with my coffee, listen to Mozart or Bach or Beethoven before my classes. You know, my classes start at eight o'clock sharp. I had to be really awake. And I found that the mornings I'd either listen to the traffic in Los Angeles, because I was in school on the West Coast, I'd either listen to traffic in Los Angeles, or <laughs> which would make me really stressed out and anxious and, you know, give me the the top news of the day and, you know, this is what's happening and it's all the, the world is crumbling and there's all these horrible things happening. And the days that I listened to that Los Angeles radio station, I would be like a, a frazzled, um, a, a little terrified feral animal going into my eight o'clock class. The mornings that I woke up and I just sat there with my coffee, I thought about the day and I listened to Mozart were better. Now, for all you data scientists out there, and I do have some friends who are data scientists, I know you might be saying, well, that's just, you know, we need more data on that. Is that, that's just uh, anecdotal. Well, yes, it is anecdotal. And uh, it was consistently, consistent, consistent results for me. Yes, anecdotal. I don't have a study of thousands of people doing the same thing and I don't have a control group but I know how I behaved on those days when it was different um, and it was just more pleasant so that's what I'm going to do and I recommend that well, how would your life be different so if you want to do that and join me let me know it'd be great or you don't have to just try it see what happens so that's all I have today. Whatever you are doing, creative or otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you are well. And ciao for now.